Welcome to the Grow Wealth Experience, where top business leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world help empower you to build your best financial life. Now, here's your host, Aisha Turgut. Welcome back to the Grow Wealth Podcast. Today, we're going to explore REITs, which stand for Real Estate Investment Trusts. Now, for my investors out there who love real estate, but don't have the time or inclination to go out and find and acquire a piece of property, REITs is going to offer a good discussion today because it's a passive way of investing in real estate. So it'll be an option for you to explore. Now, with that said, let's talk about the stock market. It continues to be volatile. Last week took a huge, sharp downturn. A lot of people lost their gains. And today, the Dow lost 300 points ahead of the announcement that the Fed is going to raise the interest rates yet another 75 basis points to help combat inflation, which is at 8.5% now, highest it's been since 1980. In 81. Can you believe that? And a lot of people that I'm speaking to, clients, people in the street that I say hello to and we start talking are spooked right now. And I want to remind you, we don't want to be spooked investors. We want to be sophisticated investors. And sophisticated investors always know how to invest and grow their wealth in any economy good times and turbulent times like we're witnessing now. They make informed and creative decisions towards their long-term investment strategy. And our discussion on REITs today is going to help you learn about another asset class in an effort to keep you diversified and your risk spread out. Now, our expert guest today is coming in from Washington, D.C., And she's going to help you get clarity on REITs. Her name is Abigail McCarthy, and she's the Senior Vice President of Investment Affairs and Investor Education for NAREIT, the National Non-for-Profit Trade Association of REITs and Publicly Traded Real Estate Industry. And its members are REITs and other businesses that own, operate, and finance income-producing real estate, as well as the individuals who advise, study, and service these businesses. The objective is to communicate effectively the proposition of real estate investment through REITs to institutional and individual investors like yourselves. And Abby leads the marketing and educational efforts targeted to investors like yourself. She's a graduate of St. Mary's College, Notre Dame, Indiana, where she earned her BA in business administration and a graduate of John Hopkins University, where she earned an MBA. Welcome to the show, Abigail. Thanks, Aisha. It's great to be here. We appreciate, I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. How are you doing in uh, Washington, D.C. today? All is well today. It's lovely that fall is on its way, and it's great to be here with you to uh, talk to um, your audience about REITs and REIT investing. Fantastic. So 
Can you help us understand what REITs are in greater detail? Absolutely. So a REIT or a real estate investment trust is a real estate company that owns and finances income producing real estate. So uh, we like to say that the REIT industry houses the U.S. economy. Uh, REITs own properties where we live, where we play, where we shop, where we work. Um, currently, there are 209 publicly traded REITs in the United States with a total market cap of over $1.4 trillion. Um, excuse me. I'm going to rephrase that. It's $1.4 billion. There are uh, 13 different property sectors, which include data centers, logistics facilities, apartments, self-storage facilities, retail, among many others um, that actually make up the REIT industry. Before I get into why we should consider investing in REITs, I want to back up a little bit to talk about real estate more broadly and why investors should be exposed or invested in the real estate asset class. Um, if you subscribe to modern portfolio theory, which most investors do, to be truly diversified, you actually want to own the entire investment market basket. And what that means to uh, investors is you want to have a mixed portfolio of bonds, equities, cash, and commercial real estate. With these four fundamental asset classes, you're getting a nice array, array of diversification of four different asset classes that, that move and act very differently um, that provide an investor with strong risk-adjusted returns when they're taken as a whole. So if you think about that commercial real estate represents roughly about 15% of the overall investment market in the United States, an investor would, would then need to own roughly 5 to 15% of commercial real estate for their investment portfolio to represent that broader U.S. investment market. Now, where REITs come in is the returns and investment drivers of REITs are linked directly to the overall real estate economy. They are real estate stocks. They are companies that own and operate and finance real estate properties. Uh, so REITs actually offer investors a very low cost, effective and liquid means of investing in the commercial real estate asset class, which will allow investors to build diversified and diversified portfolios that again, cover the, cover the broad market. The reason that commercial real estate is unique relative to bonds, equities, and cash is that real estate has its own distinct economic cycle relative to most other stocks and bonds, also providing on a historical basis the potential for inflation protection for investors. And then additionally, given the nature of commercial real estate returns, they offer a reliable income component to investors over time which also, as, I, as I'll get into it a little bit more in a minute, really factor into the overall diversification benefits that REITs and real estate can, can give to a broadly diversified investment portfolio. So yeah. just to dive just a little bit more into why REITs provide that great access to the commercial real estate uh, asset class, I thought I'd give you, give your uh, audience, just a little bit of information on some of the key benefits of investing in REITs and why you get that great access. Um, the first one is uh, they have competitive long-term performance over time. 
clearly right now the stock market, as you mentioned in your opening remarks, um, is pricing in a variety of different factors in from the overall macro economy into the overall pricing of stocks in the market right now. REITs are not immune to that, but if you look at performance over longer time periods, of which most investors are buy and hold investors, they have strong performance, uh, total return performance over long periods of time. For example, the trailing 25 year annualized total return for REITs is 10.2%. Now REITs also provide liquidity. They are publicly traded stocks, so they are bought and sold on the stock market um, or through mutual funds and ETFs. Um, as I mentioned, they offer great diversification opportunities um, in terms of being able to provide great risk-adjusted returns um, to portfolios of stocks, bonds, and cash over time, whether it be uh, 10%, 20%, um, anytime that you add REITs into a well-diversified portfolio, you get an increase in that risk-adjusted return, which is what you're looking for as an investor um, for your overall investment portfolio. I mentioned um, that REITs also have strong income returns. It's because they are required to pay out 90%, most pay out north of that um, in the form of dividends to investors, um, which gives them that reliable income return over time. And then finally, um, historically, REITs have really provided uh, some inflation protection. And that's mostly due in part to the fact that many of the leases, especially in those REITs that own and operate property, uh, those leases tend to be tied to inflation um, and real estate values tend to uh, increase in response to you know, rising replacement costs over time. So hopefully that gives you a good overview of why as an investor you should be in real estate and why REITs really provide, again, that low cost, liquid and effective means of accessing the commercial real estate asset class. Can you talk about some of the uh, top performing REITs that are out there right now and how it's comparing to the stock market? So I, I cannot talk about individual REIT securities, but I can talk about the sectors. So why don't we uh, talk a little bit about overall performance? So the you get diversification for REITs, obviously, in a variety of ways. You get it from, as I mentioned, this this the risk-adjusted returns that they offer to a portfolio, but you also get it through property diversification. As I mentioned in my open, uh, REITs actually are in 13 different property sectors. Currently, in, in terms of performance, um, we actually see some of the specialty REITs and really the lodging and resort REITs performing most strongly. Um, a lot of that is because of the return to travel. Um, you know, now that the pandemic is winding its way down, we see a lot more uh, movement again in both leisure and business travel. Um, specialty REITs, what do you mean by that? So in terms of or assistant living? No, specialty REITs are really um, represented by... Um, there are billboard companies. Um, we have some entertainment REITs. They're those REITs that are really in very specialized um, sectors of the economy that actually don't fit well within the existing uh, other 12 property sectors. Um, I should also note that um, 
One of the other better performing sectors is self-storage. Self-storage tends to be fairly resilient through various different market cycles. Absolutely. But one thing, one I think thing that's important for the audience to know is that this property sector diversification really, I think, became uh, came to light in the in the pandemic, um, where we really saw the benefit of when you're when you own a large basket of of REIT securities, whether it's through a mutual fund or an ETF, you're getting that great diversification. And during the pandemic. There were certain property sectors such as office or retail that definitely had more short-term impact from social distancing or some of the closures that we saw in the pandemic, while others, uh, other property sectors actually fared quite well, such as our logistics facilities or some of the property sectors that were more heavily exposed to the e-commerce sectors of our um, economy. Um, whether it be data centers, like I said, or logistics facilities, all perform quite well. Uh, so that property sector diversification really is important for an investor to consider in their overall um, diversified portfolio. Now, say someone is new to investing in REITs and they want to take a step, what kind of due diligence should we be doing when we're selecting the different types of REITs out there for our portfolio? How does one analyze a REIT, if you will? Sure. Um, the key earnings measure within the REIT industry is actually something called funds from operations. That is the earnings metric that the industry uses to um, benchmark and analyze um, companies. You know, I want to encourage investors that while most of us naturally look at the overall stock price um, and market fluctuations in an industry or the overall equity market at a given time. It's also really important to look at the overall fundamentals of the REIT itself or for the benchmark itself. NAREIT actually uh, does a great job tracking REIT fundamentals on an industry level. Um, that you, you know, as an investor, you can go to SEC filing filings and see it at an individual security level. But if you're curious to see um, how the industry is performing from an operating standpoint, I would definitely encourage the listeners to go to REIT.com and uh, select in our uh, search box um, REIT fundamentals or T-Tracker. That will actually pull up all of the data on a quarterly basis that shows on an industry level um, those strong or the operating uh, statistics. So to kind of get a little bit um, deeper into that, you want to look at um, obviously some of the traditional statistics like FFO or earnings, um, net operating income. But one thing also to take note of, and I think this is where where REITs have fared well um, in the last 15 years, is to look at overall balance sheets. You want to see the type of leverage that a REIT is carrying and their overall long-term debt maturities. And as an industry as a whole, um, REITs actually did a lot following the great financial crisis to really shore up their balance sheets and put them in very strong positions going forward. So going into the pandemic, they had very solid balance sheets with relatively low leverage, especially when you look at it across other types of real estate investment. Um, And you want to make sure that they have ample sources of liquidity. Um, 
you know, so I think I think with those key pieces, um, an investor can not only look at a variety of different REITs, but also funds. I should also add and do another plug for our website that if you go to um, REIT.com, you can also search on all of the publicly traded REITs. We have information um, and real-time stock performance on all of the publicly traded REITs. And we have data um, actually from Morningstar on all of the different real estate mutual funds, ETFs, and index funds that are available to investors. So it's a great source of information for uh, doing analysis and making yourself more familiar with the investment options that exist within the REIT industry. Now, is there industry regulated? The So REITs actually come out of uh, the tax code. So REITs are a function of the tax code. And that is that the way that they are structured, um, they actually are meant to um, follow a certain amount of rules and regulations in terms of being able to adopt REIT status. The most important one I would say would be that rule that I talked about earlier in my comments, um, where they actually pay out 90% of their income in the form of a dividend to shareholders. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, REITs actually um, then avoid that double taxation of a normal corp- corporation in that the uh, REIT basically does not pay tax at a corporate level, but the tax is paid at the shareholder level instead of at both. So it's a real advantage to the individual investor um, to have that double taxation taken away. Is there a typical hold time for REITs for the typical investor? I mean, when these companies start exiting their portfolios, when it's time to exit, does that affect the performance of a REIT and the time one should be holding? Publicly traded REITs are ongoing corporate entities. Um, They are not finite life. Um, They And again, publicly traded REITs are in the business of owning and operating um, real estate portfolios in perpetuity. Um, So there is not a time where a corporate event has to take place on the public side. Public non-listed REITs, on the other hand, have a little bit more of um, a finite life. Um, and there's more information than you, that you can get on the differences between public and publicly non-listed REITs in our investing section on our website, if investors want to do a deeper dive. Another great section of our website is our investing section. Um, we have a lot of great uh, tools for investors, um, but probably what's near and dear to my heart is a, is a publication that I work on every year called the Read Quick Facts Guide. And this is a publication that's actually specifically designed uh, for investors to understand REITs, understand their role within their investment portfolios, and then gives them, again, additional resources um, that NAREIT provides um, both through our sponsored research program with People like Morning with organizations like Morningstar and Wilshire Investments um, to show the um, overall importance of REITs and portfolios. But then also we have a team of PhD economists here on staff at NAREIT 
that consistently put out market commentaries where investors can get all kinds of information on uh, REITs and interest rates, REITs and inflation, um, REITs and ESG strategies, all, all different types of information is available, like I said, through our market commentaries on REIT.com. So I think that that is a fantastic resource for any investor that's curious and looking to learn more about the industry. Fantastic. Now, is there, before we uh, wrap up, is there any advice you would give a first-time investor out there that wants to invest in REITs besides what you've already talked about? Any additional advice? Sure. I think that my advice would be to um, what I, you know, I think any advisor would give would just say, you know, look at your overall investment options. And again, think back to my comments on, you know, being exposed to the entire investment market basket. You know, you just want to make sure that you are well diversified um, in those broad categories of bonds, equities, commercial real estate, and cash. Um, and, you know, I think that as you explore some of the research-based findings that Mayreet has either sponsored or or research pieces that we've done internally or done with academics, you'll find that you know it's important to consider an allocation to real estate and REITs in particular of something around five to fifteen percent. We have a lot of information on our website that supports that thesis, um, and that that would be that would be my most fundamental advice to people is just look over your investments, make sure you're well diversified, understand your objectives, and um, please use us as a resource. Okay. And just one other question. What is the basis of the five or 10%? Is it their time horizon and investment goals? Or how did you arrive at that percentage? So what's interesting is we've actually done multiple research studies using different researchers, different methodologies from Black Litterman to CAPM to fat tail analysis over all different time periods. And in all of those different studies, um, we've seen that the optimal allocation to REITs tends to be in this 5 to 15% range. The most recent market research that we have done, um, we actually did a study amongst financial advisors um, in 2021, where we asked a whole different spectrum of advisors from high net worth to mass affluent, um, how they were investing their clients um, based on different career stages. So early career, mid-career, pre-retirement, at-retirement. And within all of those responses, um, the range that advisors said they recommend to clients is between about four and twelve percent, which fits, which fits within this investment thesis that you know you should to be adequately exposed to um, a diversified portfolio. Your real estate should look somewhere between five and fifteen percent. Excellent. I, I really appreciate uh, the data-driven, research-driven uh, work that your organization does. Um, okay. And it's so important as an investor not to use emotions and just look at hard data when making investment decisions. So this has been extremely informative and extremely helpful. Great. So well, thank you. I, I want to thank you very much for your time. Great. Thank you, Aisha. 
Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. And don't forget, like and subscribe to the channel.